Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 174, episode one of Dear Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Monday, March 1st, 2021. March already. How about it? Uh, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Life is a highway passing by rapidly and still boring as shit. Uh, that is courtesy of Rachel McCartney uh, at Rachel M Comedy. Very funny on Twitter uh, and not intended as an AKA, but I just like it so much. I had to use it and I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Jack, in honor of the upcoming spring, I want to serenade you. With a tale of Mountain Dew. You should let me chug dew. Let me be the one to give you the caffeine you want and need. Wow. Baby Code Red is perfection. Make me your selection. Show me the way love's supposed to be. Baby, you should let me chug dew. Okay, wow. that's from Mario, and you know what? I just had to sing that. I was on the, it was on the Discord. Shout out to Juju. You didn't say it was for Jack, but I love that Mario track, so I just hummed it. But you know, Jack, I want to let Please. you just chug too. That is, uh, you you honor the the song. You honor that AKA by taking it for yourself <laughs> because uh, it would have sounded uh, about exactly the same as my life as a highway. Uh, that, <laughs> <laughs> Just the same notes uh, if I had tried it. So uh, thank you very much. That was yeah, beautiful. Yeah, anytime, anytime. Shout out to the Discord. Uh, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented, the brilliant Bridget Todd. Hello. I'm so excited to be back again. So excited so to have, have you. you. Always, Bridget. I saw the doc. I was like, and I was like, wait, is Bridget? that's Bridget. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Bridget. what a warm welcome. Yeah. <laughs> we always have a good time. You know, yes. even always. In, I feel like the last time when we were together, we were just the the country was about to be in the grips of the pandemic. Correct. And it's kind of like it, things are wild, huh? Out here. Uh, Man, it's already March. It wow. is already March. Damn. My birthday month. Yeah. Hey, okay. What happy, day? March, happy. March 14th. Okay. All right. Pie. Okay. Pie. That's pie. right. Pie day. Also, pie lady. Uh, Albert Einstein's birthday. Pie day. Um, oh, yeah. Pisces. Damn. Did he do that on purpose? Yes. Make his birthday on Pi Day? <laughs> He's just that smart. Some next level galaxy brain shit. Um, Simone Biles also. Steph oh, Curry. That's a big day. Damn. We're in good company. Wow. Uh, Rihanna like mental... is also a Pisces. Who? Rihanna? Rihanna is a Pisces. Okay. She wasn't born wow. on my same my same birthday, but she's also a Pisces. I mean, TikTok star Oscar Rosenstrom. Ooh. Wait, really? Yes, Oscar, Jack, your favorite from TikTok. Yeah, and your favorite Instagram star, Bryce Rivera, also. Bryce, <laughs> Quincy um, Jones, too. Good what? God, hold on, no royalty. Yo, Quincy that is Jones, royalty. My cocaine, also. <laughs> you got man, Billy Crystal. I'm oh, in good damn. company. Has okay, anybody ever on. ranked the best days, like the best birthdays? I mean, obviously Christmas being number one for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but yes, 100%. Uh, otherwise, like what what would the top birthdays be? This would have to be Ooh. like this a top five. Yeah, <laughs> Einstein, Steph Curry, Simone Biles, Quincy Jones, Bridget uh, Todd, Bridget Todd. Bridget Todd. <laughs> I mean, fucking Michael Caine. It's got what the f- a, a Bryce Rivera, I didn't know Oscar Rosenstrom until just now that you're saying Michael Caine. I thought you were saying my cocaine. Well, which uh, is the joke of like the how way do you that say? he yeah. says, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, got it. Uh, very late, as a, as I am wont to do. <laughs> you um, have your due today. That's what... yeah, yeah. Does feel like I, I I really liked that joke from Rachel though because I feel like that is the perfect encapsulation of the pandemic. Boring as shit and passing by incredibly rapidly. Uh, I can't believe it's March already. And yet nothing has happened. Uh, right. And yet everything has happened. Um, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Would you believe uh, it? All right. Uh, Bridget, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Uh, first, we are going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about today. Uh, the COVID relief bill. Uh, COVID relief in general. Popular. Who would have huh. thunk it? Oh. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about CPAC. Uh, we have not seen Donald Trump's speech quite yet. 
Uh, what we have seen uh, as of this recording is a golden idol being uh, wheeled in to uh, the grounds. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Parlor. We'll talk about uh, Criminal Minds. Uh, oh, we might even have time to talk about Falling Sperm Count, uh, which is one of those stories that every once in a while people are like, oh, yeah, Sperm Count is down like 90% uh, in the West. And then we all just move on. So, uh, <laughs> right. They're like, okay, the, got two. Uh, okay. Uh, apparently, at this rate, and, and we might not even have to talk about it other than this. At this rate, the West will reach a zero median sperm count by the year 2045. West side. <laughs> uh, so that's that's low. Zero. You need more more sperm than that. I believe. You only need zero. one sperm. Only need one. Yeah. You only need one. <laughs> one shot. Only based one on, has to make it. It's based true. on my sex right. ed class. You just need one to make a baby. So if we're at one, yeah. Like so, you. what are we gonna do? Like have a great semen stockpile that we're gonna have yeah. to do, and like you're gonna be like, oh, you're from the Jack O'Brien O three three eight two lineage, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. Uh, we'll talk about all sorts of pop culture stuff. Uh, the surprising popularity of is that a CBS show? I, I want to tease it. I don't want to tell him quite yet what it is, but uh, it's like a pretty standard issue procedural that had blended into my mind is just a... You already said the name of the show a second ago. I did? Yeah. <laughs> you said Damn we're going to talk about Criminal Minds. <laughs> hey. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's I was a, like, wait, I think we, the lead isn't buried or anything. Well, whatever. Uh, we'll talk about yeah. Criminal Minds. We'll talk about uh, <laughs> zombies. We'll talk about I Care A Lot, the movie on Netflix that I promised to talk about on last week's episode. I will actually talk about it. And also, those adorable new postal trucks uh, of the future that we'll be seeing in a few years uh, and why they suck. Uh, All of that, plenty more. But first, Bridget, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? So this is a little bit of a weird one, but Jack, I think you might feel me on this because you are a fellow hooligan. You listen to the podcast Who Weekly? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. So they had an episode, I think just the other day, about Lance Bass in space. <laughs> oh, really? So if you haven't listened yet... I haven't listened for a couple the, weeks. Okay, the last thing I googled was a picture of Lance Bass in space, because do you remember how there was a whole thing about how Lance Bass was going to space? Lance mm-hmm. Bass from... Uh, Insane. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why he didn't go is because when he was undergoing you know, all the tests or procedures or whatever to get him up there, he realized he had a medical condition that was fairly serious for which he needed surgery. And so in a a kind of way, this like saved his life. But because they had already done the funding and whatnot and the calibrations for the weight of going into space, they had to, they couldn't just not have him go because I guess the weight needs to be very precise. So they replaced Lance Bass with a Lance Bass, like, shaped barrel (laughs) that took up the same amount of weight as actual Lance Bass. (laughs) Okay. Yo. So I had to go down a deep, after I I had to pause Who Weekly and go down a deep Google dive, finding out more about this Lance Bass shaped barrel. Lance Bass is apparently, uh, he's he's a friend of the network, a lovely guy uh, that uh, has appeared on uh, Will You Accept This Rose? Oh my God. And is a a great Come on, Zeitgeist, coward. Come on, on, Zeitgeist. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, tell us more about your, like, your your journey. Yeah. Your would-be journey to space. Like, the closest thing to that one, like, where Homer goes to space. Right. (laughs) You know, it was like Lance Bass. And I'm like, wow, cool. Uh, The one last thing I remember was in in the local L.A. Valley area, he was causing waves because he was in a full, he was trying to buy the Brady Bunch house. uh, And then, like, lost to, like, HGTV or something. And it was a big thing. Um, and apparently, and this, this is not official. I may be telling, uh, tales out of school, but, uh, (laughs) Lance Bass and our iHeart podcast host, Maven, one of the greats, Arden Marine, were supposed to amazing race together as a duo this past year, but the, the pandemic pushed it back. Oh my God. But hopefully the future, like two of the great. Arden, like I will watch her do literally anything. Yeah, just as long as it involves her interacting with people. Right, right, right. And also, like, is she just going to torture Lance? (laughs) I'm I'm interested to see like 
when it gets, you know, because it gets tense sometimes on the Amazing Race. Oh yes. Like what happens? You know what happens then? Because that's what, feel, that's yeah. I feel like on the Amazing Race when it was couples, you you were watching a couple, a couple spiral into a divorce in yeah. real time. It was like yeah. wow, they are really on the edge. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh wow, great! They're using this across the world game show to reveal that they have no communication skills. Yes. <laughs> I was soft approached. My well, my wife was soft approached about doing amazing race, the amazing race, because her sister was on Survivor, and oh, they right. share a bunch of the same producers. And uh, my wife uh, mm-hmm. was on Survivor for like the family challenge, and the producers liked her enough that they were like, "Hey, what about what about this?" Uh, and then you showed up. Yeah, they were. Like, she was like, "I don't, <laughs> I don't think we'd make it." Uh, no, well, she was no, in medical yeah. school. Uh, oh, also, I'm not better I'm not, reason. I am the least built for reality television human being that I can that I can imagine. Uh, the internal uh, introverts don't do great on, on reality <laughs> TV. I'm sure they would have tested me right out of there. Yeah, the producers probably would have fucked with you to the point that it would have been like abuse. You yeah, because that's like that's their job. It's like if someone's born, it's like, all right, we'll start fucking with them so they'll react on camera. <laughs> Where they would have just like tried to set my wife up with somebody else who's just like, to fuck with cool. You? They're like, "What do you think, Jack? Uh, Mag- Magnus and your wife are hitting it off pretty pretty well there." Jack crying in the confessional. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand. Yeah. We have a whole future we're planning. She left for Magnus. Magnus. Uh, I w- I would have to just take my hat off to somebody to Magnus. named Magnus. Yeah. Um, Bridget, what is something you think is underrated? Okay, so this might be a little bit controversial. I think I'm the only person in the in all of the internet who feels this way. But have you seen the collection of Meghan McCain's hairstyles from The View? No. I've not, but I've on my Feedly app that I use to always look at headlines, the still that has been coming up whenever she's been talking about things, I've always noticed it's like the last thing she had was like a weird flap. <laughs> And then yes. the other day, it was something total, cha- totally chaotic, but I didn't yes. realize this is a thing now? Okay, chaotic is exactly the word I would use to describe it. Yeah. Um, people are, are, someone tweeted a collection of her hairstyles and tweeted, um, welcome to the resistance, Megan McCain's hairstylist. <laughs> I have to say, they're like, I'm not gonna, you know, I think they're cute. Like, I think they're a little chaotic and I appreciate people who like take a little bit of a risk. People are clowning her all over Twitter for these hairstyles. I appreciate a bold hairstyle risk. I take a lot of hairstyle risks. I appreciate a switch up. I I appreciate a little bit of hair chaos. Right. Uh, yeah. I people are making fun of them. I think they kind of work. I don't know. I'm looking yeah. at a high pony with like a little like strand of curly bangs. I mean, it's she's definitely like bringing some prom hair here and there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, she got the extendo hair clip in yes. to get that pony that high up to God. There was one that I was like, ooh, well, even I have to draw the line somewhere where it was <laughs> a, a a middle part where she had looked like she had put like purple glitter down the part, which mm. I thought, you know, maybe if you were at a burn, but you're on television a little much. Right. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> at a burn, like a burning man thing? Yeah, if you were like... At a, at, yeah, if you were going yeah. to Burning Man, that's right. what we, yeah, if you were at a burn, that, only that hairstyle goes with henna might work. Tattoos, yeah. Yes, <laughs> henna tattoos and like desert boots and you know a gas mask or something because you're out in the desert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> her like it, high, yeah, her high Nicki Minaj ponytail is something. It, it's it's visually jarring a little bit when I like look is. at it multiple times. I'm like, this looks like someone did Photoshop to try and make it like make Megan McCain, Megan the Stallion. Yes, mm-hmm. I, that, that's what I think is happening here. I feel that so. I feel that her hairstylist is going for a, a Nicki Minaj, Megan The Stallion look that I appreciate. It's jarring to see it on Megan McCain, but I appreciate the look. Like, it, maybe not on her specifically, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna, you know, chime in and be like, "Oh, it looks ridiculous." Even though it does, I would like to see it on somebody else. Yeah. Do you think she's compensating for her internal racism? Like- yes. I think that someone told her these styles will make you popular with the blacks. And so she right. is, she's leaning into them. <laughs> yeah. Damn. All right. Megan McCain. I try and learn uh, and think as little as possible about Megan McCain. Oh, um, she, I almost, I, this is why I didn't want to, this is why I had to preface what I'm saying with, you know, this is an unpopular <laughs> opinion because her opinions 
It's like she is, I feel like her role on the V, like no one has ever been more aggrieved to have an easier, cushier job. Part of uh. me is like, why don't you just quit if you are so miserable? You clearly hate being on The View. I'll take that job. Why don't you quit? You have no one's forcing you to do this. She's uh, maybe the most the most poorly treated person in in the world, according no to one her. Has, no one has ever had it harder. It's, I feel for her. <laughs> uh, what is something you think is overrated? Overrated is the Golden Globes. Uh, you know, obviously, <laughs> award shows, you know, I, we can't count on them for inclusivity or any of that. So, you know, that dream has long gone. But reading about the specific press junket that they got to, with Emily in Paris, that they were flown to Paris and this and that, and then surprise, Emily in Paris when it like, gets nominated for a Golden Globe. It was, I mean, part of me kind of appreciates that they've dropped the veil of you know, objectivity. But yeah, I gotta say, I, I was a little surprised by how blatantly they are willing to be bought, I guess. It was surprising to me. Oh, now, that's, that's that's how it is, baby. Yeah. Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the mechanics of it is very interesting. And I think it's just like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like in LA or it's like in the industry, it's very much an open secret. Um, but I think as things come to pass, like also looking at the makeup of the body of the HFPA, because it's, you know, they, they point out the utter lack of black members. And mm. a lot of it is because it started off with just a lot of European journalists who were, you know, it's, it's for, you have to, you have to be writing for a foreign outlet. That's right. sort of the, the way the membership works. So it's a lot of people from other countries who are representing whatever their media from abroad. Um, and it's now like, it's just a lot of, like older people because like you once when you're in there you're in there and i think that's the other thing when people start seeing the nominations like have they seen the other shows did they know i will destroy you came out have right. they heard of that but mm. i think it's another i think it's it's a it's a combination of a few different things of like a older like foreign perspective on like media or like the tastes are slightly different and i think the the age thing is also just a huge that's a really good point and also i just want to make very clear if someone was willing to fly me to Paris, I would vote for them for anything. So just mm. <laughs> to be very clear, I, I'm not, you know, begrudging these people. I get it. Uh, I think that was probably the most obvious. It was like, oh, wow, it really, I guess it, that is how it works. And then I think also seeing um, the movie Music, seeing Kate Hudson. I haven't, I haven't seen the film, but, you know, seeing Kate Hudson be nominated for a Golden Globe for her work in the film Music when it was so widely, you know, panned i i guess it was a moment of this seems not to reflect the genuine tastes it seems out of step with the tastes of you know people that i listen to and people that make up my community so i think you're probably right that like the people who are doing the voting they're just so you know they're not the people who make up you know my community the people on twitter that i you know think of as tastemakers no it's like you. yeah that's why like I mean, and I've but I've said this shit too. Like, I look at the nomination, I'll be like, "Yo, what are y'all mm. doing over there? <laughs> like, what's going on?" You got to take kind of take it in balance. But I think you know, it's award season is always like a, a a big talking point. But yeah, I think a lot of the snubs were you know, a little glaring. But that's I, I think mean, why we... over time, I think we have to just sort of release our idea that like any of these award shows are indicators of how good anything is anymore because we exactly. talked about how they leave so many things out that completely take out like any semblance of objectively saying this was the best this thing or whatever, right. or this got people in the seats, which we have to give a shout out for that, you know, on some level rather than like, well, what was high art the whole yeah. time? Yeah. It just, it's so influential within the industry of like what ends up getting made and like whose careers then take off, uh, especially the, the Academy Awards. And it's just, it's so biased and like gameable, whether it be the gifts that people are bought uh, or whether it be like if you make a movie about movies, they're like, <laughs> brilliant, sir. Oh, my God. A movie I watched... in which a film producer is the hero. And it's like I watched Malcolm and Marie last night and it's basically that. <laughs> right. Uh, I, and for the Hollywood Foreign Press, like I always talk about how the tourist, a that Johnny Depp, Angelina Jolie movie from 2010 was 
Like I, I remember it coming out, everyone being like, this is a turd. And then that got nominated. And I think Johnny Depp or Angelina Jolie were nominated for like one of the major awards and it won something big. And it, but it's a movie about Europe. You know, it's like set in Venice and presumably they like, uh, had sent people to Venice to to get them to vote for it. Yeah. But this is actually so fascinating as like a you know doesn't live in LA has no connection to how movies and how films get made. This is fascinating to hear the inner machinations of how it all works. Yeah, uh, it's 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 kind of it makes you believe in yourself a little bit more to be honest when you look at it at the same time because you're like it's not that these people are so good. It's that that there's a certain way they get there, too. So there's no like you don't have to. I think for any creator who's like, well, I'm not at this level. It's like there's a lot of ways to do this. And sometimes it's not because it's off the strength of your work. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. No, nothing makes you feel better about like your own creativity than like finding out about the the nepotism in Hollywood. It's like, right. oh, oh, OK. So this is just like a family <laughs> business type shit. Right. Uh, that's just they're that's like, wait, Elizabeth Olsen is the Olsen twins younger sister. Mm. It's like, well, and, yeah, but also she's fantastic. It's like, you know, it's it's one of those weird things. I don't even know how to like what other industry is like this, you know, because politics it's, for sure. Yeah. Politics, politics, Politi yeah, like even like basketball coaching is like that. That's a like everything is like this. I feel like, you know, the people who have success want their children to have success. And so they like push them in that direction and then they have all the connections in the world. And yeah, that shit just happens. Except for like sports doesn't quite work out that way, like for actual athletes. But man, I'm just kind of reading up on music and <laughs> the music. Soul. Have you heard about this stuff? Yeah, oh. just music in general. Oh my uh, god! No, no. Uh, music, the the Sia movie. You guys heard I, this shit? <laughs> have you heard about this? Pretty shit? good. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> um, y'all. Yeah. The stuff uh, with music is so like. Uh, it's funny to me because I have in in a in past lives I've worked really closely with celebrity PR in other podcast gigs, and it, what's funny to me about music is that everybody now agrees and sees that this this movie was a terrible mistake. It might have been like able to sneak by when it was first made, but now and like it certainly does not fly. And still watching the kind of PR machine that I know works behind the scenes in this kind of work, like seeing other celebrities post about it because you know they got a they got you know a, an image and some some text to, to post and then seeing their you know their followers be like did you know this movie is really ableist and a lot of the community is really against it and then being like no i didn't know it's right. been really funny to watch those two things bump up against each other yeah oof um all right well uh we are going to ha we'll have to watch music uh, if we're gonna speak too much more about it, but yeah, uh, I just read this of Sia's movie. This is directed and written by Sia, uh, and it's about a uh, newly sober drug dealer whose little sister is on the spectrum, and it shoots a lot of uh, scenes from inside the little sister, whose name is Music, uh, th from inside her head, and so you get like a person who's not on the spectrum's version of uh what it's like inside the head of a person who is on the spectrum well, okay. and people huh. people say it's not they didn't nail it few creative landmines you set for yourself there sia yeah uh ambitious ambitious uh opening gambit for a film career uh all right let's take a quick break uh and we will be right back And we're back. Uh, and so COVID relief is popular. Um, and yet you wouldn't know it based on just watching uh, the conversations that happen on Capitol Hill uh, around it. It's just all this finagling and maneuvering. And it, it's frustrating. It's very popular. Like we've known it's popular, but so there's new polling that shows how popular it is. And it's it, it's just exhausting to talk about how 
taking care of people is literally the fucking answer to 99.9% of our problems right now. Just taking care of people, not arresting people, not having more cops or less cops or whatever, just more care, more generosity, more kindness, because people are lacking. They're suffering from lack. And the, the answer isn't to debate how much a working mother needs uh, in stimulus money. It's that they people need money and they need it quickly. So many experts talk about, you know, how the current administration can do more to actually deliver tangible relief to people rather than passing a bill just to tick a box to say you passed a relief bill and you can walk into the midterms with that and then also water it down enough to not anger the fucking subterranean demons across the aisle that you're for some reason considering when you're creating this legislation so when you look at like how like this debate is going even like internally with democrats you think just go full force full hot whole hog with the relief help people out we have the money to do it and when you look at the just the numbers the polling that's come out it's very popular in its current state especially with people that are called swing voters and now what's a swing voter now let me just let me read these facts and just envision these people for a second that are saying they fuck with the Joe Biden stimulus 90, 69% of respondents who split their ticket in the 2020 election between Trump and down ballot democratic candidates supported the bill 83% of those who split their ticket last November between Biden and GOP candidates backed the bill 61% of voters who backed Hillary Clinton in 2016 and Trump in 2020 approved of the legislation. And those who voted for Trump in 2016 but switched to Biden in 2020, 84% supported it. It's... First of all, who is the person who went Clinton to Trump? <laughs> right. <laughs> who That's... who are you? I mean, QAnon, man. Listener. Like the, so yeah, many. Right. Yeah. There's that that won a bunch of people over. Yeah. I think there's this attitude, I forget who it was that said this, that we didn't need COVID relief immediately because American families have have been sitting on money waiting for the economy to reopen. I forget I forget who said it, um, some Republican, but it, it, I think there is a real disconnect between the actual lived lives of people out there right now and the people who are making these decisions. You know, I don't think they understand how many people most of whom are moms and women are struggling right now. Like, women are going through a crisis. And truly, it is not just a women's crisis. It's an everybody's crisis. You know, women are dropping out of the workforce. Women are 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 really struggling. And so I think that the fact that the people who are making these decisions are so out of touch that they have no sense of what your average person is actually going through, and that this... That COVID relief, yeah, no shit, it's popular. People need fucking money, right? Like, that's, it's, just, right. it's just so simple. It's so simple. Right. It, it's, it demonstrates something, right? Because it is so clean cut what they should be doing based on, you know, they're elected to represent the people. The people are 100%. Like, I mean, if you just look at the plurality of people, everybody is 100% behind this one direction that things should be going. They should be increasing aid to people uh, because of the pandemic, but they're not. And that's the the fact that they're not, I feel like, and this is probably why it's so exhausting, uh, why it feels so exhausting to me is that they're, they're not actually willing to engage you with the truth, right? Like they're not, nobody's saying, yeah, but we can't give you that much money because uh capitalism and like all the all the real reasons they won't give it to you so they're just making the case letting you make the case making the case as well but then quietly behind the scenes all this bullshit and maneuvering is going on and nobody's nobody's there to make the actual case for why why there's pushback right yeah, that, that's just quiet they they leave that part unsaid and so it's just this exhausting process of arguing them being like yeah you're right you're right and then right. nobody doing anything right and you can't like there's nothing really that you can do about that because it, it and that's it, that's what's so frustrating and exhausting is that like you can say what's true and they can agree and then nothing happens they have like little stop gaps built in where yeah. you, they can just make nothing happen 
and we have the money. Like if and if COVID showed us anything, is that we the United States has money to fund whatever it is that, it, that we decide is worth funding. And so it's not it's not as if we don't have the money to to do this. We completely do, but it's all of these ridiculous ideological considerations of like, well, if we give people money, then maybe they'll, I don't know, pay their rent. I actually don't even know like what the, what the downside is. If we give people this money that they obviously need, then it will be bad because capitalism, Mm -hmm. it really, we have the money to fund it. We, as a country, we have decided what we want to prioritize. And it's so disgusting to me that in the United States, we have not prioritized the need, the financial needs of citizens. It's just it, ma- it makes me so sad. I have so many friends in other countries that are like, oh, you all just got some of you got a check once. Some of you. Wow. I've been getting relief payments every month consistently. Good luck. Yeah. You know, it's, right. it's really it's really hard <laughs> to, to, to hear. Yeah. It's yeah. ca- it's what we've been saying that capitalism is there to protect the interest of capital and ca- you know capital being right. like the people with the money where where is the vast majority of the wealth that's concentrated with like a small group of people and uh, corporations and like entities and the whole system is designed to keep it that way to protect the interests of the people who already have it and so that that's the thing that they can't that they won't say. And so it's the thing that just gets left unsaid and they're pretending to agree with you, uh, especially the Democratic Party is pretending to agree with you, but they just won't do the thing right. because that that would be acting against the interests of capital. And it's such a weird game because they have to stay in power to protect their capital. But the thing is, to stay in power, you have to appeal to poor working people or just normal people who need help that capitalism is ravaging So it's like, how do I keep selling them the poison thing while pretending I'm the antidote? And it gets really confusing. And especially like I get that midterms are part of the calculus, you know, and some people will say what you do now isn't going to matter in 2022. Actually, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be front of mind for midterm voters. And I think that is fair to, to say that it might not be. But at the very end of the day, wouldn't you rather put those people have the memory of thinking, well, what happened when the Democrats were in power? That's right. I, they actually came through with help while other people were arguing about who can participate in kids' sports. Um, <laughs> I was out here needing a check to, to so for my family to survive. And to withhold that and just make it like a drip rather than like a deluge that someone will be like, yo, that was significant. Um, yeah. That's just such a misstep. And they're going to fucking pay for it again. And it's just sad because, again, it's the, it's so easy. It's just take care, just take care of people. That's all. Like, and I get that there's other people, there's competing interests that are your donors, but at a certain point, we got to figure it out. I, I think you're so right, and I also think that there is a you know you brought up the sort of quote unquote culture war stuff. What it seems like one party is is not interested in governing, right? There, it's like clear, you know, when Marjorie Taylor Greene films herself putting an anti-trans sign up, that's not going to get money in someone's pocket. That's not going to get, that's not going to help a constituent, yeah. right? And so it's clear to me that there is one party that is completely just not interested in governing. They're interested in stunts. And okay, fair. But I do think that the people on the other side are are exactly like you said, missing this great opportunity to be the people that when one party was just just disinterested and checked out, be the people who consistently got took care of people. That's what people want. People don't care. I, I think that Americans don't care. I think that most Americans don't care about all of these little stunts and all of that. They want, you know, someone to govern and take care of them and like give them what they need and give them support. And so I, I firmly believe that. And so I do truly want the Democrats to step up and provide that consistently. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine the support and polling that will go down because they were more generous with stimulus checks you know like that all all the information is there to say fuck whatever these greedy people are saying people need help and unfortunately the people who are making these decisions a majority of them aren't around other people or have not are too far removed in their own life from that time in their life when they needed help what it was like to be like oh shit I'm literally having I'm going check to check by a fucking margin of sense that I'm having to carve out 
by getting rid of my internet, trying to do it half with my neighbor, trying to do all this other stuff. And that's just not real to them. And I think mm. it's there's a such a lack of uh, compassion and the I, even ability to even see through these people's eyes that it's just not real. And I don't know, even with the Republicans, I don't know if it's that party has also just become a group of people who are so comfortable materially that they can waste their time in culture war bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's plenty who aren't. But if that's the tone of your party, everybody kind of gets lost because there's definitely a group of people who are comfortable enough to just talk about this bullshit all day. Because, yeah, like you're saying, hanging up inflammatory, antagonistic, anti-trans, you know, homophobic nonsense has no effect on anyone's, you know, day to day unless really you don't need you don't need any other help. You're like, yeah, "Yeah, I'm good materially. I just want to see them get mad. And and we talk. I've I've always bring up this anecdote from like a DNC insider who talked about how when they're uh, deciding if somebody is uh, good enough, like a good candidate to to be a candidate uh, for a Democratic like party uh, position or just a anything run for anything, the one of the first tests they do or the first test they do is go through your cell phone and look at how many like how much money is in there essentially uh in your contacts and uh the like i i think about this all the time which is why i bring it up a lot but it's i don't think it's just and therefore they can donate to you i think it's and therefore you're trusted by the people who are trusted to make decisions within this system you're, not you're some trusted poor by hippie. the people <laughs> right you're trusted by the people who control the capital and will allow you to win an office and will allow you like you have social ties that are going to hold you accountable to rich people, essentially. Yeah. Like that's what they're doing. It's not it's not just like, well, like because they they could find ways to fund and more and more like people are finding ways to fund through, uh, you know, online, like and through just like mass movements. But the thing that is actually important to them is that you have powerful people and people with capital behind you. And like that just it's at every level of the system, whether it's mainstream media, mainstream Democrats, mainstream. I mean, now the Republicans have like spun off into their own. And you look and it's no it's no coincidence that the people who are screaming the loudest for, you know, higher wages or more relief aren't part of the big D Democrat party. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's and they had to come in their own way. Yeah. Um, and and that's already causing tension because you have people now coming in who are trying to really advocate. And, and there are plenty of people who are, you know, big D Democrats who aren't necessarily totally corporatized, but they're not loud enough. You know, and th- if they if they really feel this way, they need to start making moves because it's not going to help you at all stay in power. Yeah, I, I remember hearing um, back when Stacey Abrams was running for governor. Um, like a hit job on her that was like, oh, do you know she has all these unpaid student loans? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I have unpaid student loans. Guess who else does? Everyone in the country. It is so common trying to make it seem like she was ir- financially irresponsible for having for running for governor while having unpaid student loans. Like, How out of touch can you get? Most people mm-hmm. under a certain age still have unpaid student loans. I know right. I do. Right. Like it's. And yeah, it's like, I think the idea that you would need to have a certain kind of financial comfort to even be vetted to run for office is just really so it just so it just shows you all that's wrong with right. our political system. Yeah. And think of how many people who decide to change careers because they think of what the cost is going to be and right. alter the course of their life completely. I mean, like very subtly, I remember being like, how much loans do I need if I want to go there? I'm like, OK, state schools here we come like i just for me personally it just didn't i saw some of my other friends like they were talking about the debt like the debts they were about to take on to go to like occidental or you know these other private universities like oh shit i don't want to fuck i don't want anything to do with that shit um but yeah it's and it but again it's just to maximize profits for these other people as well let's talk about cpac real quick you you guys know more than we do at this point we're recording this before trump's appearance over the weekend, but they they wheeled into CPAC like a golden statue of of Donald Trump. It's kind of like it looks like the Frisch's big boy, uh, or the I don't know if that's Bob's a, big boy. You, Bob's big boy. Wait, Frisch's, what did you call it? 
Frisch's oh, is, is like in it's in Dayton, I think, is where I had Frisch's. So oh, but the same might, big boy. Yeah, it might be a Hardy's or, or Hardy's uh, Carl's Jr. type thing. Okay, um, got you. But yeah, I that, mean, the vibes very. Yeah, it's cartoonish. It's it's clearly like uh, Trump took a beach day from the Oval because up top it's business. And down below, it's red and white and blue American flag board shorts with sandals Yeah. Um, on a surfboard, I think. But my whole thing is like, <laughs> is this, I get it. Everybody's, get, yes, it's the idolatry of, you know, they love Donald Trump and the golden calf and the Israelites and false idols, yada, yada. But like, it's so on the nose that this is either some kind of Sasha Baron Cohen bit or... Right. Are these people so hell bent on bringing the end times that they are literally just going whole hog? Being like, "Yo, God, put the smash on us! What more do we have to do? We have a false idol. Uh, we're trying to get it popping in Israel. Please come back!" Like, I don't. What I don't. It's it has me so fucked up because it's just so aggressively fucking. I don't know. It's just on the nose. There's no other word for this shit. Yeah, and also I have to say it kind of look. It's kind of giving me Fonzie vibes. Something about the way it looks oh. is giving me like the Fonz. It's also like the uh, suit up top, like board shorts below th- thing is like straight out of like somebody's retirement party. Like it, it's <laughs> right. like they're throwing a retirement party for him. But I don't know. Like maybe this is the first thing we get of. Donald Trump's rebrand where he comes out as like the fun retired show his legs. <laughs> what if he came out and was like, see my legs work? I, I can They're walk so normal. Ripped. Yeah. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and see all four of his quadriceps. That's where he's been thigh. for the past month is just <laughs> doing leg presses the whole time. I never skip leg day. In fact, all day leg day, <laughs> motherfucker. It's yeah, I don't know. It, it, that's why I'm like, yeah, who who is this? Because the previous story about the stimulus relief shows that it's it's not the 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 divisions in the party is more than just Trump or no Trump. Right. So what like, you know, are the Trump stands like in the GOP, like up top, sort of like the Nancy Pelosi's and that they're sort of like whatever the larger movement is of the party they're going along with without being like, wait, some people that voted for the president also want relief. Like, shouldn't we factor that into like our policy making? But no, they want to just fucking kiss a golden idol yeah the other thing to say is that you know as much as it's like easy to like laugh at cpac and like everything that like oh wow you've been canceled now what in this golden idol stuff you know it's in the end i just have to say again this is a collection of hateful people in formal business attire and medieval battle armor uh, that are gathering to discuss how to move forward with their agenda to take people's rights away. That's what is being discussed, aside from all the other shit we can laugh about. That is what they are talking about. And it's not just goofy idiots that are yucking it up for the lulls. Um, They just appear this way to people with the antithetical value set. Uh, And they're like, oh, well, this is nonsense. No, no, no. These people are for real in there. And they are trying to do it, even in their weird, misguided way. They're They're about what they're talking about. I remember, oh, they're deadly serious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember a decade ago lo- looking at like these uh, pictures of uh, Nazi party, like Nazi rallies in the United States during like in the lead up to World War II and like just how many Nazis there were. And that seeming weird to me. That doesn't seem weird to me anymore. <laughs> like it's right. like, oh, yeah, we so, still right, have right, right. those. Yeah. They just wear suits now and, and worship a golden idol. They're That's office. more cartoonish than. Yeah. All right. Uh, real quick, uh, while we're talking about the right wing parlor, uh, their little app is back online. <laughs> their little app. <laughs> their little app. Little parlies. Yeah. I did a little parley. Um, oops. It came back to life like a glitchy Jason Voorhees uh, at the end of January. It's now controlled by Rebecca Mercer uh, of oh. the Mercer family. Uh, and it has a new web host, uh, Sky Silk. Uh, which claims that they won't, uh, they also won't stand for hate speech, but they also have a uh, troll filter that you can turn on and off. Uh, so, like, you Wait. can just be like, give me the full dirty troll experience. And, like, oh, wow. Yeah. Just straight Henny, no cut, no coke at all. <laughs> just give yeah. Me all the, wow. So, I, give it to me straight. How do they. 
Wait, but how do you say you won't allow hate speech? They're, they're skirting that by saying, well, there's a filter if it offends you or like, yeah. oh, no, just just gaslighting, just yeah. you know, being like, yeah, we would never allow that sort of hate speech, but not. But also yeah. being like, and we stand for First Amendment rights. And, you know, they're going okay. to define First Amendment rights as hate speech. The CEO of Sky Silk, uh, Kevin Matosian, his background is a 2004 Dean Cain thriller. Uh, he's a he's a like failed right wing film producer uh, oh who produced God. the movie Lost starring Dean Cain in 2004. Uh, so like purely a play at getting people to rent a movie because they think they're renting the ABC show. Yeah, that came out that fucking year, too. Yeah. Like, could it be on yeah. the nose? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Y'all, I used to have such a crush on Dean Kane from when he was on Lois and Clark. Oh, I yeah. Had, I, like, had such a massive crush on him. And seeing the seeing how far... Oh, I was so wrong. Young me was so wrong. <laughs> yeah, young, young us was wrong about a lot of things. Yes. So we can't be young too us hard. Was wrong. We can't be hard on our former selves as long as we know now and are doing better. But yeah, I remember Dean came being like, I saw my friends like, you know, he's part Japanese, right? Yeah. And that he was, was cool. all I had. He seemed and cool then, back then. God, I mean, but there he is. Just, just show yourself, Dean. There yeah. you are, you piece of shit. But Parler's uh, biggest threat continues to be uh, Parler itself because <laughs> the website just sucks. its own existential threat yeah the website operates at a snail's pace uh wasn't working at all on smartphones which is not good for a uh app and they're not accepting new users uh as of early february uh and returning users discovered that all their old posts and content had been removed uh but we're now in the hands of the doj <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah no they were all skimmed uh by scrapes hap- by, not by, even uh, hackers people who are like oh it's just there yeah okay. i just noticed parlor the entire uh post history of all parlor is on my desktop now by accident yeah um yeah, this is none of what you just said is surprising to me. I, I do a lot of work on um, platform accountability and platforms and how they re- how they contribute to things like hate speech and online harassment and disinformation and misinformation. Every expert in the field has said the reason why Parler is not going to have a big impact is because, you know, on bigger platforms like Facebook and Twitter are able to really have that bigger infrastructure and that bigger digital footprint, Parler is never going to be able to have that. Furthermore, folks on the far right, a big reason of what they like to do online or a big reason why they're online in the first place is to harass others. You know, they like sending the mean tweets. They like, you know, saying like, oh, liberal tears, snowflakes, yada, 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 all that kind of stuff. They enjoy that. That's a big part of why they are online. And so on a platform like Parler, where everybody already shares their terrible far-right opinion, it's going to be a lot less fun because they can't do that really fundamental part of why they're online. And so I don't think it's going to be this platform that everybody who's deplatformed flocks to. Oh, yeah. The aggression and uh, violence is the point, not not necessarily the ideological content, right? Exactly that. Like, they really enjoy, you know, harassing others and just causing chaos. And so if they're pushed to their own little janky, almost inoperable corner of the web, I just don't see it as a huge threat in that they're, yeah, they, I think the reason why people who are like to be awful to others on social media do that is because they want to harass others. And so if they're just kind of insular, it's not going to be just be, it'll just be a place for them to plan like mass uh, movements of and mass violence and uh, be easily observed by uh, law enforcement officials because they because it's a shitty website That's with right. no like, security. Whoa! So they plan their crimes in the same park every time. It's like, yeah, that's how we caught them. They go right. to the same park and they talk out loud about their activities, and we just we just kind of walk in, and then we're like, all right, y'all are under arrest. It's really easy. They don't. They still haven't figured it out, but you know. It is what yeah. it is. And actually, things like this uh, parlor story, we, we can hear you cover them on your podcast, right? That's right. You can find me at There Are No Girls on the Internet on this very podcast yeah, network, yeah. where we talk about really all the ways that marginalized voices shape the internet, particularly platforms like Parler. So yeah, please yeah. check it out. All right. 
Uh, let's take a quick break. I mean, we we talked about the low sperm count. Just keep it. Let's keep an eye on that, guys. We don't want uh, the median sperm count to drop to uh, zero by twenty forty five. I'm also still trying to figure out like how how worried to be about this because it seems like vague. Some of the stuff that's driving down reproductive rates is you know, just like people having access to birth control and like very healthy things. But then there is like things like a higher level of miscarriages and reproductive health problems rising. Uh, Who knows? uh, Like they don't seem to think that it's because people are having better access and like there's more reporting because they have better access to reproductive care. But the theory, and it's at least if there's some chance that it's true, is very scary. The theory is that there are chemicals in our plastics and man-made materials that are causing this uh, drop in sperm count. And I don't know, it feels like another one of those capitalism um, eco disasters where like sort of like the disappearance of the bees were an important but like very fragile link in the chain that allows us to survive is Threatened by something we've been doing without realizing it for years. Do we know um, why? Do we know? Uh, that's what they say. It's like some, uh, their best theory is there's like some, something in plastics that is causing, uh, is causing it. But they this also like- said it could be, uh, and not going to be very popular, could be uh, diet, obesity, uh, smoking, which is weird because people used to smoke way more. Uh, and marijuana smoking. Uh, also. Yeah, I know that one for sure. That can that can <laughs> that affect can do things it. a bit. Yeah. you know. Motility. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, whatever. Maybe we'll we get to see Children of Men. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's the same plot. No. Yeah, it's Children of Men meets uh, How High or uh, <laughs> Right. <laughs> Oh, I will wow. watch what's, that. What's yeah. that long opening scene like if we're matching the two? <laughs> right. They're like they're leaving a dispensary and it's like a super long cut and they're like, all right, see you later. And then you go to like a trash can down the street to like roll your blunt and then the shit explodes behind you. I don't know. I love yeah. that opening scene though. Great visuals. Uh, yeah. yeah. That scene Ooh. with the car. Oh. Yeah. Every man, that long shot that where movie. the people come out of the Ooh. Yes. That is that is I actually watched a how-to of how they did it. They have a, a car that's split in half. So uh, yeah, masterful. Yeah, what they have? The yeah, like spl- wow. Because so, like how it's shot is like the camera. Not to get all movie wonky, but the know, camera yeah. like moves around the car, and you're like, oh wow, how how does that work? Oh, and right. they had this model car that is split in half so that the camera can get all around it. Go back and watch it, and you'll see what yeah. I'm talking about. But it is that's such a it's a that's, masterful scene. That's always so interesting when the special effect is. Like you're like, Practical. ah, look at those computers, man. That's pretty cool. Like and it's like, like no, car. we cut a car in half. <laughs> or for uh in Terminator 2, like all the scenes with Linda Hamilton uh and the T one thousand like pretending to be Linda Hamilton, that's a that's Linda Hamilton's identical twin. They cast a woman who has an identical twin for like they were able to do that scene because she had an identical twin. That's how they did that special effect. It's wow. wild. All right. Uh, Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And all right, we've been teasing it all episode. Uh, There is a certain TV show that I have not mentioned yet that is very popular, (laughs) Criminal Minds. But uh, Miles, why don't you reveal what it is? All right. It turns out that the hit show... Criminal minds. <laughs> ah, drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. <laughs> After you, you said these Nielsen numbers came out from the end of January, and I'm look. I know that from watching like We TV or my other trash shows, I would see the ads like Criminal Minds is here, blah blah blah. And I know people watch it, but Criminal Minds drew the most viewing time on Netflix with nine. Wait, yes, let me get this right: nine hundred eighty-four million minutes of viewing time. That beat Bridgerton, which was at 936. Okay. Now that came out just, that month, right? That was the month Bridgerton came out. I believe so. Yes. And Criminal Minds hasn't like dropped a new episode. In, like, no, I mean, this shows from yeah. two, it started in 2005. So essentially, 
Okay, 984 million minutes is a, is like the equivalent of 74,000 people binging the entire 300 plus series in oh that time. God. I mean, or a ton of people just getting it in with, you know, Shamar Moore. Uh, <laughs> but he's like, dreamy. Yeah, I mean, I saw Shamar Moore doing the Crip Walk. I should have smeared off his lip gloss, uh, as DJ <laughs> Quick once said. But uh, the whole, like... That is just wild to me that this that we still are like this true crime thing is like it's always front of mind. Like this thing of like, get watch the bad, bad guy get caught. That's more than will the guy uh, shoot up the club and finally impregnate the his wife <laughs> show. It's really uh, OK. But the, the but don't worry, the office is still the goat when it comes to all time minutes streamed. Um, but. It's weird, like, maybe this is some dark horse because it's just growing and growing and growing. But the one thing is, Netflix points out, Nielsen's don't cover uh, mobile streams. It's usually on TVs or set-top TVs that are, um, that are like, factoring into those ratings. That makes sense because I feel like this is a... I mean, this feels like a CBS show, right? Like, even if it's not, like, it's the sort of thing that would skew towards, like, my parents would be really into Criminal Minds. And that that feels like it might like if you took in streaming like there would be some other show that kids are watching probably the office would just be even bigger than we realized yeah i'm curious to see what the what the difference is in those sets of numbers like if you said this is the this is the streaming ecosystem versus the set top tv ecosystem of netflix i wonder if it's like super different but i also imagine a lot of people will also watch off their mobile and then cast to their TV. Mm-hmm. So mm. it's, you Does know, that count? I don't know. That's why I'm like, I'm like, are people who are actually figuring out these ratings, like versed enough in the ways that we get down with consuming things? Like why just look at TV? Like I'm, I'd imagine a lot of this, there's a way to get this other data as well. Yeah. Nielsen just announced that they're going to start doing movie uh, streaming data as well, because that's now the only way to figure out if people watch the movie is uh through streaming so oh i would be so curious to see those you know uh, i know that we were going to talk about i care a lot that was completely one of those movies where i was like oh it's never one on netflix i guess everyone's watching it and you know it's like i would be very curious to know what people particularly in quarantine like what movies are people just like oh well i guess we're all gonna watch this together yeah so i want to talk about i care a lot because that's like something like criminal minds that has 300 hours of episodes that people can stream like I has a huge advantage because uh, like the data that they use to determine like how hot something is, is the number of minutes. And so the fact that I care a lot was number one on Netflix, like movies don't usually last that long at, at the number one spot. Is it just me that thinks that's the worst title for a movie that they've ever heard? Yes. Yeah. I, great. I it's watched impossible it- to remember. It's impossible to remember. And when you're trying to get somebody else to watch it with you, like, oh, want to watch this movie? What's it called? I care a lot. Uh, it's right. a weird, what? a weird exchange. Like... Yeah. So, I mean, a movie has like one tenth to one one hundredth of the minutes available to stream. So it's just, you know, people are less likely to watch a movie 10 times than they are to watch all 10 episodes of Bridgerton or whatever. But I also feel like it's a solid like con artist heist caper. I don't want to like overstate like how profound uh, I care a lot is as a movie. But I I also feel like it ties into like what I was talking about last week about Nomad Land being like a movie about crumbling empire, like sort of a post-apocalyptic movie that takes place in the aftermath of America, um, where people are just like going around with like. Uh, remnants from like their richer grandparents and you know like they have the remnants of wealth and they're like working in these robot operated Amazon factories and just like trying to scrape together enough to eat and like living out of vans and stuff and in this the target of the like protagonist con artist is old people she like scams old people out of like money that they've made in like previous generations and like in America's salad days essentially and like we're spend the movie like rooting for somebody who you know it's definitely like an anti-hero situation but we spend the movie rooting for her to like get all the money from like just like clean out the safe of America's like past prosperity I don't know I I feel like 
the amorality of it, that dynamic of trying to take money from old people before they die, like all feel like they're probably resonating with current America for the same reason that we're like kind of obsessed with scams. Scam artists are like our new pirates. They're like modern America. Like I feel like if there's a genre of movies about the end of American capitalism, the way Westerns became like the movie about the end of the American frontier, I feel like our cowboy gunslinger will be the con artist. I think, yeah, there's also like something that feels like with con artists, it feels like that's fine because they got it and I don't. Yeah. So yeah. like you're already kind of on board with a, a con, like specific scams, not ones where you're just like swindling elderly people and they have nothing at all and die destitute. But like when you're like, oh, I'll get this corporation or this other thing, because it's speaking to this feeling that maybe not a lot of people can articulate that they feel like there's a reason, like, why do people have it and I don't? Right. Um, without getting into the complexities of our, you know, economic system and all that. But like, yeah, it's just a good place to to launch off. And man, I hope I think the other thing is you can see yourself being like, oh, yeah, like you could do it, too. Like you could fucking turn the tables, too. Not that it's motivating people, but it just kind of like feels in this place like it doesn't feel too far off uh, and, you know, realistic enough to give you a little bit of, I guess, hope that you can steal from the greedy. Yeah. Is that where we yeah. are now? To, to give a little bit of a like, a, like a spoiler alert for if you really don't want the ending theme spoiled, I really loved how at the end of the movie, the protagonist, I guess, um, yeah. despite being totally amoral, she kind of finds this very particular kind of girl boss success. Like she reminded me yeah. of a Sheryl Sandberg, you know, yeah. she's on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine and nobody is really questioning the amorality of her behavior. They're just like, wow, what a rise. And then really, yeah, like girl (laughs) boss, like way to, way to, way to slay. Yes. Like they're just, they've completely, and that's, that rings so true with how we treat people who kind of do have an amoral rise, especially if they're women, a, a certain kind of white woman, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even though the title is ineffective, like it does, it gets at like I feel like the central grift of capitalism, like disguising just the predatory uh, nature of capitalism behind being like I care a lot. We care. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon cares for you, and that's why. Like that, just that is the central grift that's at the core of the whole thing, and like that's also her central gift. She pretends to be a caretaker. But really, she's like emptying their wallets. And, you know, that's also every every corporation in the aftermath of the pandemic being like in these trying times, you know, in these trying times, fuck around. It's and it's on site with your poor ass. (laughs) Don't get me fucked up. This is MasterCard, ho. It's like here at Arby's. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Remember those like tweets like here at Arby's. We're a family. It's like, are we really Arby's? Right. I'm like, I guess if, yeah, diarrhea inducing food makes us family, then yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Auntie. Did you like uh, I Care a lot? Or I uh, really care? Or whatever. I, it's, it's funny. I watched it with my partner. I, by the end, I was like, oh, what a skewering of capitalism. Love it. He had such a visceral negative reaction, like I have never seen. He was like, mm. They, this movie really valorizes greed in a way that is irresponsible. So I, I it was I found it funny how um we had such diff such big different reactions. I think it can be a really polarizing film. I yeah, guess and, sure. I, and I also like I like a movie that, you know, is a little it's a it's a not campy, but like it's a little like um I don't know. I don't know how seriously it takes some of what's going on, which I right. really like in a movie, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, to check it out. Um, all right, Bridget, it's been such a pleasure having you. Where can people uh, find you and follow you? Well, please check out my podcast on this very network, iHeartRadio, called There Are No Girls on the Internet, where we dive into all the ways that women, people of color, and other marginalized voices shape the internet. Uh, if you enjoyed talking about Parlor, you will definitely enjoy what we're putting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can also find me on Twitter at Bridget Marie and on Instagram at Bridget Marie NDC. Uh, and is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? 
Oh, there is. So I have this really amazing uh, person that I follow on Instagram and also on Twitter. Uh, she's a model. Her name is Ken Tremendous. And she tweeted, getting vaccinated for being fat. Ask not what you can do for fat phobia, but ask what fat phobia can do for you, which I really <laughs> thought was funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Miles, where can we find you and what's the tweet you've been enjoying? Or some oh, other work of social media. Man, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. We're talking about 90 Day. Uh, some tweets I like, they're all from Reductress. The first one uh, at Reductress. <laughs> so, it's, this is for people in interracial, interracial relationships, um, especially for, uh, you know, women of color and their hair and, and, and wearing a bonnet. But this tweet is how to explain what a bonnet is to your white partner in a condescending way. <laughs> I love that shit. Uh, another one from Reductress. How to seem present on Zoom, even though you're looking at the latest photo shoot of Sue Bird and Megan Rapino. <laughs> and finally, this one is great. Grandmother sure has harsh opinions on women with short hair for someone with a literal pixie cut. Mm. <laughs> and it has like an older grandmother with it. We know that the short, the shorter uh, mom hair rocking it. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien and a tweet I've been enjoying from Soren Bowie uh, at Soren LTD tweeted, no idea why this was sitting in my drafts folder. It was selfish of me not to share. Uh, the ice and water dispenser is how your refrigerator poops and pees. Sometimes it gives water without any ice, but it almost never gives you ice without water. Um, it's true, man. Uh, ice without water. Try that this weekend. Yeah. Try and give try and give your toilet ice without water. See, see how it works. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at the Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we recommend miles what is today's recommendation this one is a track from kalila uh k-e-l-e-l-a and it's a remix from her album from a few years ago uh hallucinogen but this track is called rewind but it's the sporting life remix and this has got it's just like her vocals are fantastic and the production's like super aggressive and i just like the juxtaposition of like you know beats that'll make your neck snap in two and then also a voice that will also repair your neck repeatedly so you can continue the cycle of neck snapping mm. and repair throughout the track so this is rewind but the sporting life remix by kalila it's a recommendation with a juxtaposition uh you that is gonna do it for today the daily zyka is a production of iHeartRadio. radio for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you list your favorite shows. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.